This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. New episodes released every Tuesday and All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ventime with Connie podcast. I'm your host, Connie. Welcome to a brand new episode. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. And please make sure you check out all the episodes because we do have tons of interesting episodes for you to check out. And if you are old listeners, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for sticking around and um, for your loyalty i really do appreciate you you already know how we do it you are the real mvp okay all right today's episode is gonna be a continuation of last week's episode uh it was me sharing my story my testimony on how i came to christ um my faith journey so last week i shared my life before christ and today i am going to be sharing my life after my life when i got saved and after christ now that means the current right now this is a journey it never stops because the sanctification um process is a lifelong journey we had to as human beings as christians as believers this is what we all are going through until the day we are going to join our father in heaven okay so if you're interested to hear the rest of the story make sure you stick around and you know how we do it keep on listening okay ladies and gentlemen today's episode i will be continuing where i stopped last week which was when um a church member invited us in their home uh we we pay a visit to our church member but before i talk about them I will have to talk about how we, I got to this church, talk of having a church member. So when I got married, I know I told you guys last week that, um, I got married in Catholic church. I know a lot of you wondering, how did you go from like, I don't get it. What's happening. Okay. This is the thing. I'm no longer Catholic. And, um, yeah. Um, when, when I got married, my husband told me about this new church, him and his family goes to, um, I kind of struggled accepting this new church. Sometimes we go, sometimes we go to Catholic church. We're just going dabbling. We go to Catholic church this Sunday, maybe next other Sunday, next other Sunday we go to this new church. So we keep doing that back and forth. And if I'm going to be honest, I didn't want to um, go to that new church. I wanted in a way to convince my husband so we can stick to Catholic church that we know. Because if you have me to love Catholics, we like to stick to what we know, you know, and, um, and we like the convenience, um, being a Catholic brings, you know, the convenience of being a Catholic in, in the sense that if you go to another country, another state, you will always find a Catholic church. You know, you guys Catholic, you know what I'm talking about. You don't have to worry about which church you are going to. Some of these Protestant churches, you have to worry about if he's a good um, pastor. Is it the pastor that just wants to take your money or those that want to use you for different kinds of things, you know? But as a Catholic, don't necessarily worry about that a lot because whether you go to Kafanchine or go to Japanese, wherever you go, you still find a Catholic church, right? 
now that's what we believe i don't know if there's garlic church in japan no i'm just saying that's what i used to believe right so with this new church we were going to while we were going sometimes we are going there sometimes we are going to catholic church in that whole process i was trying to convince my husband let's stay to the catholic church let's take to this is actually where we got married why we keep doing this and to the point that finally uh, my husband told me i want us to be going to this new church this is actually where i, I believe god is calling us to and as the leader of our home this is where he wants us to go so when he said that that's when i i was like okay i need to really stop but stop doing this and just maybe focus on this ch- new church and start going to it so um i when i started going to the when we stopped this whole back and forth and we started going to this new church right um the new church is called founders baptist i don't want to keep mentioning new church but it's called founders baptist so one of the things that i love about that new church is the way they break down the bible i have never heard such expository teaching before in my life like i mean it's not like i go to different churches like i told you i don't like going to different church i like to stick to what i know which is catholic church but i never really heard a pastor break down the bible like the way our pastor does and that's one of the things that stood out to me. I was like, wow, I love the way this church breaks down, dissects the Bible. That's the word I usually use. And this is not just only when the pastor is preaching the whole congregation. No, we're talking about the small Bible study we do before we start church. Even the way the regular members, those that lead the Bible study, the way they break down the Bible, it just, I never really had that before, you know? So that was one of the things that stood out to me, but that wasn't why I kept on going, though. I thought it was interesting. I was like, okay, cool, you know? Then we kept on going, you know? Then one day, a church member of ours was so nice enough to invite us to their home. They just invited us, you know, you can come, you guys should come to lunch after sun after church you know so we can have lunch together in their home i thought it was a nice gesture i was like this is nice because we never really go to any of the church members um home and and that was the f- the year that we started okay we, we made the decision that this is gonna be the church we're gonna be going moving forward um so when they invited us i was so excited we were so excited I was like oh this is so cool oh my gosh you know we are fitting in, you know? So we went to the home, of course, and we had, we was having, we were eating lunch and talking. And they asked, this, the conversation about salvation was brought up. And they were talking about being saved and other stuff. And they asked us, are you saved? Okay. Mind you, before this conversation we are having with this our church member, since I've been going to this church, I've been hearing about salvation. I'll be hearing about, are you saved? Being saved. I always hear that. And I, it just keep, you go into this ear and you leave the other ear. I was like, why are you asking me this question? Like, no, they weren't asking to asking me directly. They were just saying in general. So when people ask that, I always think of, um, dog, of course I'm saved. Like, what you mean? I've been a Christian my whole life. Like, what are you talking about? What other ways am I going to be before? Am I lost, you know? <laughs> so I didn't never really understood that question. I thought it was just like a protesting, like those um, protesting churches' terms, their terminology, you know, because they are the ones that usually use this word, are you a born-again? I'm a born-again Christian. That's what I heard a lot in Nigeria. So now this one is, are you sales? Like maybe it's just their words. You know, these people, they like to be a little bit different, you know? So that's the way I concluded that in my mind. So I didn't think much about it until we get to this our church member 
home and then he asks us this question directly. It was the, the guy, the husband asked us this question directly. He was like, are you saved? Then, of course, the first answer we gave was like, yeah, yeah. And then he, he, he continued talking. Then one, something in my mind told me, no, ask what this means. You can't keep ignoring this. I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was like, well, I want to ask this question. What does it even mean to be saved? Because I always hear people ask, talk about this since I've been going to this church. And I don't want to be acting like I know what you guys are talking about. Please, what does it mean to be saved? Then that's when he showed me. Um, that's when he explained to us what it means to be saved. And then the verse of the Bible that he read to us was Romans um, 10 verse 9. And, and it says, let me, well, I will read it later on, okay? But um, that was the verse that he showed to us. That's one of the, and also Ephesians and all of that. So he went in details. And guys, I am not going to explain to you what it means to be saved today. I'm not going to answer the question directly. But if you listen to my full story, you should kind of get a little bit of idea. But don't worry, the Salvation Series, we are going in depth about that. And we are answering this question so you can get full knowledge about what this things is, what the answer to it. And it's based on the Bible. It's not based on anybody's opinion, okay? So, going back to my story. So when he explained to us what it means and everything, I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I was like, oh, wow, so this is how. And I read it in Bible. I was like, wow, I have never heard about that before. So when we left that house, and I believed it in my heart that, you know, I am saved. I believe, I was like, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ. I accept Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Because I always say that in prayer, but I never really understood what it means until that day. I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I truly believe. That's what I said in my mind. Me and my husband discussed about it. Then we went on our, on our way. So we didn't talk much about it because I believe, I believe that's when we got saved. But we, we didn't fully understand exactly what it means to be saved too or how to work out your salvation. So when we went home, we went about our life, you know, nothing really changed from that on. We're still going to church, you know, and uh, sometimes, you know, I was like, you know, I need to really study the Bible and everything. So in 2020, now that was 2019. Now in 2020, um, you know, the COVID thing happened and everything. And by this time I've already started the podcast. So, um, from now on, God keep, you know, because of the the sermon I've been listening to, like I told you, our pastor breaks down the Bible. He gives expository teaching. So he didn't just do fluffy, water down the gospel. He give it just the way it is, you know. He give it as it is. So that also helped too because was, there were so many seeds that was planted in my heart and it was kind of uh, bearing fruit little by little. And I started kind of um, wanting to learn more about God. So... In 2020, um, God started really started working on my heart, I believe. I started bearing fruit in my life. And I see myself wanting to even read the Bible more, like I say. And also listening to gospel um, sermons, you know. The Bible verse actually described what was happening to me at that time was, Delight in the Lord, and I will give you the desire of your heart. That Bible verse started to make sense in my life. Um, I started desiring God. I started loving what God loves. And I started hating what God hates too. You get what I mean? So 
one example I can give of me loving what God loves or hating what God hates is before I got saved, there was this girl I was watching on YouTube. She was talking about how um because at that time she became born again she said she's no longer gonna be listening to secular music um when i was listening to like i always hear people say that when they get born again their life change they say they're not gonna be doing this so i heard that girl that particular girl just stood that to me you know she said that when she said i was like what's wrong with this girl you don't need to calm down jerry this god thing we have been doing it all these years calm down it's not really gonna do anything to you. you don't have to stop listening to secular music you know so to me i was like i know i don't know i don't have to yeah i love god already god knows my heart you know i don't have to stop listening to secular music that's just her own decision she's just doing too much right but when i got saved and when i say i started loving what god loves and hating what god hates i started finding myself drawing away from the secular music i just couldn't believe it i was like whoa is this me not just secular music even the movies too i'm very careful what i watch now and these things start happening naturally it's not something i say ah today i am not going to what no 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 it didn't happen that way it's just the music that i usually enjoy when i when i started listening to it again the words that are coming out of their mouth starts making sense like it started becoming clear to me and start becoming, it started irritating my spirit. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to like this music. And I stopped listening to it. And then I started listening to the gospel. And I started feeding my spirit with more of the Bible, more about sound doctrine, based on the Bible, of course. You know, those things is what I keep, you know, you know drawing to, you know. When that Bible verse that I said before about delight in the Lord and I will give you the desire of your heart. That Bible verse, I love the way um, Pastor John MacArthur explained it. He says, he's not giving me whatever that I want. Is he putting his desire in my heart? So that means the desire that he already want me to desire, the things that he want me to desire, which is things that he also desire. So I started desiring what God desired. Like the God, the things that God don't like, I don't like that anymore. It doesn't mean that I have completely stopped liking everything God uh, God doesn't like. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, because this is a process. It, it doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't have, happen, you know, once and for all. It's a process, you know. So that started changing. You know how you start having a different test, like your test board changes for me my test board changes when it comes to lifestyle when it comes to what i listen to what i watch you know those things and um it started changing and the things that i want to that i want to listen to is more about something related to god i started feeding my spirit with the word of god with the bible i started loving i started enjoying reading the bible before that the Bible, I always dread reading the Bible. I always dreaded. I was like, oh my God, this is too much. And another thing, I thought that, that I would never really understand the Bible. It's just too complicated, you know? When God saved me, when I when he started putting his desire in my heart, those things start coming naturally. I don't know how to explain it. It's not something that I planned out, oh, this is how it's going. No, it just started happening naturally. I started seeing myself morphing to these things that I, that I thought that I would never be. You know, so God started confirming me in, in God's, in Christ's image, which is always his intention, you know, for all believers, you know. 
So I started looking forward to my pastor's preaching on Sundays. You know, before I got saved, I was sitting, I was listening to the pastor. I knew he he knew how to preach. I knew that the, the, his preaching is always sound, but that's all about it. It doesn't really affect my life like that. But once I got saved, I feel like my eyes were open. Everything the pastor had been saying before that started making sense. I was like, oh, is that why he said, oh, is that... It all start making sense. Like, what was I all this while? Was I sleeping? And to be honest, sometimes in church I was sleeping because I kind of find it really boring. You know, you know, I kind of find his preaching boring at that time. Or oh, I was like, oh my gosh, because I want some entertainment. You know, I thought that you know having those entertainment, doing all these crazy things, would kind of keep people their attention. You know, um, on the sermon. But when I got saved, I hunger. To listen to, to sit and listen to our pastor preach and study. I was like, oh my God, who knows what he's going to talk about today? How is he going to break down this verse or this Bible, this chapter? You know, I'm excited to see. So I look forward to it. You know, I feel like my eyes have opened. That's why it's very important. If you are praying or you are ministering to someone that is an, an unbeliever, don't give up. Don't think that what you are doing is a waste of time. It's not because you are planting seeds. Once they get saved, this whole seed you'll be planting, these things you've been preaching to them will all make sense. I'm telling you, they will remember, you know. So this is not a waste of time at all. So going back to what I was talking about, um, when Romans 5 says, let me go back to it, Romans 5, let me go to Romans 5. Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been who was given to us. So the love of God was definitely poured out in my heart. And how I knew that is that I started to love people, care about their soul because the Holy Spirit has enabled me and empowered me to do so. Yeah, before I got say, yeah, I kind of love people. But sometimes when I talk to you once or twice, you don't want to hear. I was like, I beg, I can't come and die. You know, I was like, I'm not about to stress myself. You don't want to hear it. Go ahead. But now, Especially when it comes to ministering the word of God, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel, I care about people so more than ever. Like if you're listening to me right now, I care about your soul more than ever, more than anything else. You get what I mean? I care about where you are going to once you leave this earth, you know? So I started caring because once you care about people's soul, everything else you start caring about, you start loving them, that love. Even when they don't deserve it, you also love them because Christ said we should love you know, we should love people, you know. And that loving people don't it doesn't mean that you have to compromise your faith. Doesn't mean you have to agree on everything they say or just tolerate them. You know, no, you still have to tell them the truth, okay? Because love does not rejoice in evil doing, okay? So till today, I am still a work in progress because there are some um annoying people that I'm still struggling to love, <laughs> you know. Um, love like God do. I don't think, um, as far as I'm still living on this planet, I don't think I will ever completely love like God do, but God is still working on me and I trust on his sovereignty. And I know that, um, like he said in Hebrews, I think Hebrews five, he would never leave me or forsake me. So he will, um, he promised us that, um, sanctification process. Like he have already, the Holy Spirit that dwelling in me, um, that he have given to me since I got saved by that power, I will be able to sanctify me daily, and that means me, when I am convicted by the Holy Spirit to repent, I will repent and surrender it to the 
feet of Jesus. Whatever, if, if I have any desire that's contradicting to what God says, I should submit that to him and trust that he will see me through that, okay? Um, I want to give some encouragement to people. If you have not given your life to Christ, please do so now. This is an urgent call. This is not something you can wait, oh, tomorrow I'll do it. There is no sin too big for God to forgive. It's never too late, okay? You might hear my story and think like this guy, he didn't even go through a lot. If you hear about my life, there's no way God will save me. There's, there's no way, you know, I can be saved. Trust me, you will. Because there's no sin too big for God, okay? And also remember the prodigal son. How his father ran to him and hugged him, even though he was smelling dirty, smelling of pigs. I don't know if you know the story about the uh, prodigal son, how this, the prodigal son took, asked the father to give him his own share of the inheritance. He took it, left, and just squandered his father's wealth, his, his inheritance. And then by the time you know it, all those friends that love him left him because he doesn't have any money. So he have to start um, feeding pigs, you know, because so, he, he needs to eat. So to the point that he found himself eating those food that pigs eat. And at some point, he repented. He was like, hold on. Let me go back to my father. Even my father's servant will not be eating pigs' food. If I can at least go back to my father's house and I become a servant, it's better off for me than do, be doing this. I would just ask him forgiveness. So when the prodigal son was going to the father, the father saw him from afar. That means the father had been waiting for him. The father saw him from afar. Despite what the son have did to the father, how the son have, you know, disgraced the father, disappointed him, all those things. The father saw him afar, from afar. The father ran to him. Can you imagine that? Okay, if you're an African, and then you disobey your parents, you become the black sheep of the family. You, you kind of, everything they told you not to do, you did opposite of it, of it. Of it. Do crazy things that will be embarrassing both publicly and privately. And then you are coming back to your parents. Uh, and so if you are younger, they will welcome you, but that will, you, it will come with a whooping, let me tell you. When they finish whooping you, eh, then they will hug you as well too. They will tell you, but they will, they will definitely teach you a lesson because you cannot just disgrace them like that, you know? But a father, in that prodigal son's um, parable, the father saw his son. He ran to him. He didn't even care if his son was smelling, because at that time he was smelling. He hugged him. And he even told, he told his servants to kill the fattest cow to do a celebration. He gave him his rope, his expensive rope, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. He hugged him. Like Whenever I read that story, I was like, oh my God. It's, it always touched my heart, because that story represents the father, represents our heavenly father. How he's always, his arms are always open, waiting for us to come in. Waiting for us to come in. And he was always willing to forgive us and accept us. All we have to do is repent. Because that's what the prodigal son did. He repented. He turned. He, he had a, a turn. Because repentance is a, a full turn. To what? To God, not to yourself, but to God. And he will be the one that saves you. And his grace is sufficient in our life. So remember that story, how the father accepted him back. That's how God, the whole point of Jesus in telling that parable is not just for us to have these nice things to say. It's actually for, uh, it's, also, it's actually directing to salvation. As uh, directing to us coming to God 
to be saved and be welcomed to the kingdom of God, you know. And we come there through Jesus Christ because he's the way, the truth, and the life. So you're always welcome, okay? And if you have a brother, a sister, friends, parents, or family member that are not saved, please continue praying for them for salvation. Do not give up um, on them and, and keep preaching to them. Like the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, it says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Um, why I say this verse is when you are preaching to people and you see there's no change in them, don't start oh, looking onto you like, oh my God, maybe I'm not doing it right. What's wrong with me? Oh my God, I will never get this right. You, the focus is not on you. The focus is God. We are just nothing but a vessel. If God is pushing in your heart to go preach to that person, do that and let it go. And stop focusing on, self, uh, focusing on yourself. Because you're not the one. Just because you preach to that person doesn't mean that person will change automatically. No, God is the one that brings the increase. All we do is just some people plant, some people watered. Like 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, he says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God's God was causing the growth. That means God brought the increase. So it's God that will actually save that person. All you have to do is do what you are. Be a vessel. Be an instrument for God. Sow the seed, you know. And and the sowing the seed we're talking about, the seed that we're talking about is the word of God. That is the seed, you know. Sow the seed, which is the word of God to people, and leave the rest to God. God will do it, okay? Don't be... Don't be hard on yourself thinking maybe because you're not eloquent enough or whatever, know how to speak all this grammar or know the full Bible. You know, you don't have to read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation for you to feel like, okay, I'm ready now to preach to people. No. If you see in the Bible, those that are God saved, they immediately, they're going out there want to tell other people. Like, for example, when God called um, Andrew um, and the other, Andrew, I think, yeah, Andrew. Because Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. When, when Jesus called him, he followed Jesus. Next thing again, he went ahead and go tell his brother, Simon, Peter. And then Peter had to join Jesus too. And the same way with, um, what's the other guy? Philip. When, when, when he came to Jesus, next thing he went to Nathaniel and told him, come and see. The Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah is here. You know, you don't hold it on. You go there and spread the word of God. Okay, so I am going to end this episode by reading my testimony because actually I got baptized again because I was baptized when I was a child, but I got baptized again. Believers baptizing, I got baptized like in, in March 7th of this year. So um, when we get baptized in our church, we share our testimony, uh, how God have saved us, how we came to Christ. Um, in hope that it will encourage others and edify others too before we get baptized. So I'm going to read the testimony and hopefully will encourage you and also edify you. So this is what it says. Life has no meaning without Christ. I have spent most of my years seeking holiness to no avail. I was raised in church, Catholic church to be precise. I was taught the only way to attain righteousness is by going to confession, praying rosary, and joining different groups in church. I did all that, but still don't feel that connection with God. In fact, those activities made God unreachable to me because I felt I have to go through the Reverend Father, the saints, angels, Mary, Jesus, and then God. 
I didn't understand the need for personal relationship with God. I thought it was something for the Reverend Fathers and Reverend Sisters. When I got married to my husband, he then introduced me to Founders Baptist Church. I started hearing this question, are you saved? My first response to that question was, I'm a Christian, raised in church my whole life. Of course I'm saved. Little did I know I am lost in my sin and ignorant of salvation. I finally understood what it means to be saved. I was saved back in 2019 when I and my husband paid a visit to a brother and sister in Christ. They were so gracious to read Romans 10:9 and explain in details that you are saved by grace through faith. So that means my works cannot save me, neither my pastor, the saints, the angels, even Mary cannot save me. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can save me. And grace entered through Jesus, sacrificing himself for me. I asked Jesus to forgive, forgive me and save me. Since I became saved, my desire to know Jesus has grown stronger each day. I no longer dread the thought of praying or reading the word of God. In fact, I get excited about Bible study more than ever because I get to learn more about God and draw closer to him. My life has, has more meaning now because I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I feel free and relaxed more than ever because I know I have a God who never fails. He knows the end from the beginning. He has promised me that he will never leave me or forsake me. As I walk in the spirit by dying to self and become more of Christ, I offer myself as a living sacrifice and strive to live in obedience and pray he uses me as one of his vessels on earth. Amen. So that was my testimony, and um, I highly encourage you to also give your life to Christ if you haven't. And I'm not here, um, I am not... Um, um, saying that for you to be saved, you have to join my church. That's not what it is. There's so many good um, sound doctrine um, churches out there for you to join. You know, as far as they are preaching word, they're preaching the Bible as it is and not sugarcoating the Bible or water down the gospel. They're preaching it as it's written. You know, they believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in the Holy Trinity. All those things. You don't have to be my church you know, it's not me getting saved is not because of my um, my pastor or how good he is with preaching. I told you I've been in that church for a long time. Nothing happened until when God says it's time. Okay, it's God that saved me, nobody else, and He saved me by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, dying for me in the cross of Calvary, and He died for you too. You can come to Christ. Okay, I'm gonna end this episode because I feel like it's been longer than I expected. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, remember, God loves you. And I love you too. I'm your host, Connie, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.